If you still have your Bibles handy, would you please turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and that will serve as our main text for this morning's message. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east, and are come to worship him. We have perhaps heard it said, that wise men still seek him today, while only fools cast him aside to their own destruction. This morning, in the time allotted for our message, our Christmas message, I would like to present a slightly different aspect of the Christmas story. We have read that the place of Christ's birth had been foretold centuries before he was born by the prophets of old. In the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, we read, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Now, in that passage alone, we are told that he, Jesus Christ, was to be born in Bethlehem, Judea. Secondly, we see that this one who is called Christ in the New Testament was to become ruler of Israel one day. Though he came the first time as a suffering Messiah to be the sacrifice for the penalty of man's sin, he would one day come again a second time to this earth as the ruling Messiah, as a king, and that to his rule there would be no end, exactly as foretold to his mother Mary in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 to 33. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Also from Micah, we are told that he had no beginning and will have no ending, verifying that this Messiah is indeed the Christ of Bethlehem, God in the flesh. This, too, was clearly confirmed by the angel Gabriel when he spoke to Joseph of his coming birth in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 23, thereby confirming Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah seven fourteen that a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Joseph, therefore, was called uh, was to call Jesus by his name Jesus. That was the name given by God. For 
the angel says, he shall save his people from their sins. Scripture after scripture tells us of his coming, his birthplace, his deity, his humanity, his purpose in coming, his sufferings, his death and resurrection. Those who understood the scriptures, which spoke of this supernatural event, came to seek him, while others, blinded by pride and the God of this world, sought to kill him and would not have this man reign over them. And so thou, this brings us to our main text in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, we might ask ourselves, who were these wise men? Where did they come from? How did they know the scriptures concerning the star? And how did they know that he was the king of Israel? And why did they bring him gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh? Now, in Jewish culture and custom, gold was for kings. Incense, or frankincense, was for the worship of God. And myrrh was for burials. Perhaps some insight into these mysterious visitors might be gleaned from the ancient astronomy records of the Chinese Han Dynasty, which record the birth of Christ as March the 9th, 5 BC. And perhaps these wise men had traveled all the way from the Far East, perhaps even as far as ancient China. There are ancient Chinese historical documents suggesting that the Star of Bethlehem was noticed and followed with great diligence. We are informed that, quote, in the second month of the second year, the comet, referring to the Star of Bethlehem, was out of all tear for more than 70 days. It is said comets appear to signify the old being replaced by the new. Altair, the sun, the moon, and the five stars are in movement to signify the beginning of a new. New day. The appearance of this comet undoubtedly symbolizes change. The extended appearance of this comet indicates that this is of great importance. End of quote. And the emperor, Yang Ping, clearly understood that the star, Altair, one of the brightest stars in the sky, especially the Chinese sky, Altair was observed for 70 days, and 70 days is the estimated amount of travel time needed to get from China to Israel. 
So did these wise men come all the way from ancient China, following the star of Bethlehem? Furthermore, upon examining other ancient Chinese historical records, we find documents referring to Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. In the records of the latter Han Dynasty, Volume 1, Chronicles of the Emperor Guan Wu, seventh year in the summer of the fourth month on the days of Guan Wu, the imperial edict read, quote, On yin, which means light, and yang, which means darkness, have mistakenly switched, and the sun and moon are eclipsed. The sins of the people are now on one man. Pardon is proclaimed to all under heaven. End of quote. Later documents proclaim that a man from heaven was that. There were no Christian missionaries there yet, and God still broke through, revealing that there is but one Savior for all of mankind. Oh, dear friends, the birth of Christ was such a miraculous and life-changing event that it altered the course of the entire history of man, affecting the lives of every human being on the face of this earth. God had announced this supernatural birth with unmistakable signs and wonders worldwide, not only in the heavens, but also through his written word, the Bible. This little child who was born in a lowly stable in the town of Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago was God reaching out to fallen mankind by becoming man himself so that one day he could go to the cross of Calvary as the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world and die in your place and in mine by shedding his own perfect spotless sinless blood to wash away all our sins and to redeem us unto himself. For we are told without the shedding of blood there can be no remission of sin. The story of the first Christmas is so much more than a young virgin giving birth to a baby called Jesus who would eventually bring peace to all the world. But rather this little child had a destiny to fulfill which had been given him by God the Father before the foundation of the world. He would one day go to a cross on a hill at Calvary to pay the penalty for all of our sins, sins that had kept us separated from God. And I'm quite certain that all of those to whom this good news was delivered by the angels in heaven did not fully grasp the implications of this little child's birth, as there are millions today who don't understand fully the importance of his birth. Even as Mother Mary had pondered these things in her heart, even to the very end, when he died on the cross of Calvary. But this for certain they all knew, that God had performed an amazing miracle 
as evidenced by the changes in the heavens and by the presence and testimony of angels and by the testimony of the prophets of old. And the message for us today, this Christmas, is still the same message as it was at the first Christmas, to both saint and sinner alike. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Oh, may we never lose the awe of that first Christmas. And to all who may be listening to this message, I ask, have you ever acknowledged him as your Savior and Lord? If you haven't, won't you do so today while you still can? He will not turn you away. He came to save you and me from your sins and my sins and to give you and me eternal life. And wise men still seek him today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Let's give thanks for the bread. Father in heaven, we thank thee so much for our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to this sin-ruined earth to die on a cross at Calvary so that he might redeem us from our sins. Father, we thank thee for this bread that reminds us of his perfect body, broken for us. And as we take this bread and pass it from hand to hand, might we be drawn closer to our loving Savior, not only this day, but all the days ahead. For we shall see him one day. He has promised to come and take us so that where he is, there we may be with him. In his name, we give thee thanks. Amen.